Hey, everybody, this is So Many Sequels, your book club for movies. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. Today on the show, we enter the final round of Game Night Month and talk about the original Jumanji, the movie that one Letterboxd reviewer called a children's version of a horror movie. As a kid, the movie delivered a lot of action and a lot of laughs, but as an adult, we really appreciated the surprisingly dark story and the great performance given from the late Robin Williams. Plus, in the spirit of game night, we jumped into the new Star Wars video game and give some of our initial reactions to it. And whether or not the difficulty level really matters, spoiler alert, it doesn't. We've got all that and more on this final game night episode of So Many Sequels. Be sure to check us out online at SoManySequels.com, where you can subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. And of course, follow us on social media. Without any further ado, enjoy the show. He has uh, quite enjoyed me playing. He's got he got to watch a little bit today, and he quite enjoyed me playing uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor because mm. I have fought two creatures in that game. One of which he only describes as monster. Uh, he just goes a monster, and he's so excited about the monster. And then I fought something that to him resembles a triceratops. So he's a, he wants me to he doesn't want me to fight it. He just wants me to watch it from above. <laughs> And I'm like, you should. Triceratops are a good dinosaur and they need to be left alone. I need to get past it, though. He's guarding something. I still the game. Me or him. It's me or him. But he likes me fighting it, too, because he has now discovered what lightsabers are. And so he, I pulled out one that I wanted at Dave and Buster's years ago and, and uh, bestowed it to him. Excited kid. Perfect. Mm-hmm. How's the game? How is the game here on Game you know, Night and so many sequels? Let's talk about the brand new Star Wars Jedi game. Yeah, it's a good pickup. You know, uh, it's uh, it feels very seamless game and everything. Uh, they've added a uh, few new things. You know, there's a little bit of uh, with the last game getting used to the combat style for me because uh, it is just it's very timing based. So you kind of have to get used to it. Luckily, they do have a version called uh, they do have difficulty. You can you can make it easier for yourself. They have story mode. I don't play on story mode, but story mode basically is streamlines everything for you. So you can kind of not have to worry about getting killed over and over and over again. But um, me, I told the, I talked about this when we talked about ready player one, I'm a dawdler. So if I see if there's four paths then the game is like, go straight. I'm like, but I'm going to go left, right and backwards first, because I want to see, I want to make sure I don't miss anything. Um, you know? And so I am like five hours in and I, uh, <laughs> I've barely left the first area because I just keep wandering around looking for the, looking for doors I can't open yet, things that I can, you know, anyway. But yeah, I'm enjoying myself. It's quite fun. I uh, really like the last game, so. Nice. I started playing the last game today. Yeah. So I'm very oh, behind nice. in, in the world of video games. Mm-hmm. But um, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Just Just got a little taste of it. I haven't gone too far, but I saw it was on Game Pass, so. And I said, let's install this sucker. Not too bad. Not too yeah, bad. Yeah, I think by, if, you, if you if you make it to the end, by the end, you'll be, I think, really hooked on the, the, See, the story, I, the characters, all that. I did turn on story mode because I'm not good at video games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's I love okay. story mode. I love story mode because it, it, I want to know what's going on. I like yeah. the if – if it's up to me and I have – the time to just wander around a, yeah. a video game world. I'd rather not do that and just actually play the game and like have a reason to play the you game don't. until I finish it. And then I feel like, you know what, now if I want to play it, then it's just like for fun. Yeah. Uh, I do the same thing with like <clears throat> Mortal Kombat's even. I like to go into the story mode first, knock that out of the way. So <clears> then <throat> I can just go knock out people aimlessly. Sure. You don't want to be bogged down by your own, uh, your own uh, inability to uh to figure it out and i uh, and i totally get that i think i have it on what would essentially be the normal difficulty so right. i've died a couple of times but uh but i you know i feel like i got a good hang on it so far so in the in the very first level of, of this first one you know you're kind of just like running across um a ship to yeah, try very, very cinematic yeah running across yeah, trying to yeah, get away it's a lot of it is just to introduce the movement mechanics 
Mm-hmm. I still died like 10 times. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been, been there. Because I'm falling off the wall. I can't yeah. grab it. I can't swing from a rope right. So, like, <laughs> I don't need difficulty. I've di- it's yeah. difficult level, enough. Yeah. <laughs> what level are you on? What level difficulty do you have it set on? Uh, I think there's five difficulties, and I think it, I have it on three, essentially. Gotcha. So there's yeah, story mode, and then there's like there's story mode, and then there's easy mode, and then there's like normal, hard, hardest. So I think I'm on like normal. I think I'm on just like do you, standard version. Do you ever change it? I never change it. I never look at Not, it. Whatever it is, I just play it, and then if it sucks, yeah. or I or more accurately, I suck. Then I decide: is it worth changing it, or do yeah. I really care about this game? <laughs> now, if you if you want the deep dive on this, my usual tact is I play. Uh, so in, I'll use Halo as an example. I always play on normal first. Well, I as, when I was younger. Now I kind of start on heroic, but I usually play on normal first because I want to experience what the game is, get used to the controls and all that, and be you know have be okay. Die, you know, and then after I beat that, upgrade to the next difficulty. Can I do it? get through that then if i manage to pull that off then i go to the hardest mode just to see how i can do you know i've mastered the mechanics i've met i know the story i'm not worried about like you know missing out on that then i go to that hardest difficulty and try to figure it out but i never change it mid-game usually i'm too scared to start hard start too hard you know so i usually just start where i'm where i think i'll be comfortable and if i get killed in that then it's like okay well this game ain't for me i can't get through on on the 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 difficulty that says for people who are average, you know, I'm uh, I'm okay to stop. Yeah, I used to start out on the normal default difficulty, and now I just start on easy. <laughs> and then if it's too easy, if it's so easy that I'm that I'm like not enjoying it, I'll turn it up. Yeah. But I that really doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Honestly, start. I think start start low and go high because the whole point of a video game is to find it fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want. I you know when I was a kid, I remember I would like throw my controller out of anger and it's just stupid why 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 just just change it it's who cares yeah. nobody's gonna ask what level of difficulty uh, they're on you know, unless they're one of those people who just want to make you feel bad because they yeah. did it on the highest level and yeah, you don't want to be friends with them some sort of gatekeeping going on well did you you know did you change the difficulty midway through you know games used to do they so they have achievements right and it used to be like if you wanted to you know get the achievement for beating it on legendary you couldn't change it midway through it's not you couldn't play it on normal the entire way through and then change it to legendary right at the end you know like in the settings change it all so that you know you get credit now they really don't care they don't they as far as i can tell for survivor i don't think there's even achievements for difficulties so you can just play it however you want not be constrained by any sort of you know gatekeeping how good you are you know so it's pretty good i'm enjoying myself so far though and my son is enjoying the animals nice that's what matters. Well, speaking of games, mm-hmm. it's game night month. Still, well, it's a month of game nights. Yes, although technically it's a carryover. Over, but you know what? I'm good. Dang. <laughs> we wanted to Go do. Ahead. We wanted to do an extra. We wanted to put it out to you, our loyal listeners and fans, to give us one we more did, game. This is the fan that we had to. We had to include the fans in the game mm-hmm. night. We got to play. Along with the fans, you know, we had Arch yeah. here to talk about uh, Super Mario Bros. You can go back and listen to that mm-hmm. review earlier this month. We talked about that. Uh, and then and this was submitted on by the fans. We gave them a choice mm-hmm. of three different movies. And I got to tell you what, I'm grateful to our fans because um, the three movies, or uh, two of them, uh, depending on who you ask, were not good. <laughs> and one of them was good. Uh, for sure okay uh we had the original super mario brothers with bob hoskins and john leguizamo Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah the original dungeons and dragons with marlon waynes from 2000 waynes who was the other one that you said david uh jeremy irons Uh, jeremy irons jeremy irons and marlon waynes together again Mm -hmm. in the buddy comedy you needed to see (laughs) (laughs) and then uh the winner uh the fan voted on jumanji which is not technically Jumanji. a game, a game-inspired movie, but a movie that inspired a game, and I like yeah. that because before we get into the movie, I have we haven't talked about this, but I have a decent board game collection, and one of the most popular things going on right now is straight up just turning movies into board games. So I've got yeah, the Harry Potter, 
got the Harry Potter deck building game, but mm-hmm. I've also got a Back to the Future board Ooh, game. Neat, neat. I've got a Jaws Gotta board get game. Back in time, dude. I've got a Star Wars board game. Ooh. And I was at a store the other day, and I saw uh, an American Psycho board game. I've seen the Goonies board game. I mean, mm-hmm. they are straight up just taking movies and turning them into the board games. And that, my friends, is a Twitch stream for us. Oh, yeah. If, it, you know, let, can we survive American Psycho or whatever? I don't know what the rules any of these games kind of could be. It makes me think no that maybe making a board game is actually a lot easier than it seems. And you can just slap any old theme on one. As I don't long as your mechanics a, make sense and you can rip off other people's mechanics and just set it to a theme. I remember having a Gargoyles board game as a kid. Um, and what they, you got a VHS tape and you put that in and it played. So basically it would play the intro and then you would move. And then if you landed on a certain thing and you throw the card, then you would play a certain feature on the VHS or something like that. Uh, it was kind of like a choose your own adventure type VHS tape. Never figured out how to win that thing. Love Santa Claus always I got also away. Had it. I also had it. I wish I could find it. I'd also have to find a VHS and that might be difficult. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know where to find a VCR these days. You I know. Could buy well, one I'll tell you where you could find a VCR in 1995. Well, yeah. Where this movie, you know, <laughs> which is where we're traveling out. because <laughs> the drums are taking us to drums. How, how, was that a coincidence, David? Did you pull that year out of your head? No, I knew I, I was trying to, trying to get us on track here, trying to segue us back to the world of Jumanji. We, we are back to the world of Jumanji. Yes, Jumanji. Uh, did not start out as a board game. It did start out as a book um, that I think became, it's more well-known as a movie. You know, some, a lot of times adaptations, it's the book that everyone knows first, but I think the movie Jumanji kind of mm-hmm. uh, blew it up as a story. I've never read the book. Have, I, have you guys ever read no, it? No, I remember. I this was the first time that I saw in the credits that it was inspired by a book. I straight up did not know that until recently. <laughs> So I'm looking at a, uh, the Wikipedia entry for the book, and uh-huh. I actually remember seeing this book in my school library. I don't remember if I read it um, back then. I may have just because I was like, oh, my gosh, Jumanji. But I, I'm looking at this book cover, and I remember this book cover of these, like, monkeys in the kitchen. So, yeah, I, I have a vague memories of it. I, I knew it was based on a book before this particular watch, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, you know, it's a book slash movie about a board game that, you know, is sentient. magical, wow. magical <laughs> yeah. board game. So in Jumanji stars, of course, the late, great, super great, amazing mm-hmm. Robin Williams, a uh, very young Kirsten Dunst, mm-hmm. David Alan Greer, uh, medium age David Alan Greer, mm-hmm. uh, Bonnie Hunt, um, Jonathan Hyde, mm-hmm. and essentially... Robin Williams gets stuck in the game as a kid, gets brought back out as an adult, however many years later, by Kirsten Dunst and her brother, and now they have to figure out how to contain the game again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where do we begin? I think we all I, loved it as a kid. I, I watched so. Jumanji on tape over and over again. Um, and what I thought... What I found striking immediately, I'll just go ahead and, and say, is watching it now, I, this, the, the sadness of it kind of stuck out a lot to me. Um, this it is movie's a very <laughs> extremely sad. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. To, to up until the end, I don't even find the ending particularly happy, <laughs> despite what, what, and we could talk about it as we go through the plot, but it's so sad. Um <laughs> And I, it kept distracting me almost because I never, you know, never noticed that as a kid. But like um, the way Bonnie Hunt is just this now neurotic woman who everyone thinks it's crazy because mm-hmm. of this experience, this traumatic experience she had as a kid. Mm-hmm. Obviously what Alan's character goes through. And then for some reason, the new kids have to have dead parents. I don't yeah. know why... Why is it, it that the, way? It was Why the nineties, baby. After tragedy, yeah. It didn't. Their kid, their parents didn't need to be dead for this movie it was, to work. <laughs> it was the nineties, baby. Everybody, orphan mania in the nineties. Everybody was an orphan or had a dead mom 
or uh, had some sort of like, you know, awful relationship with their parents. It was there's uh, also that was that was it was orphan core back then. There's also a whole thread line of the the issues between a toxic father son relationship. Like mm-hmm. that is an incredible thread that is just honestly well done in my opinion throughout yes. this entire movie. It's perfectly executed. Like yes. this this movie uh, from an adult perspective, looking at it, is a completely different type of good. Mm-hmm. While being still held up as a kid, like I was thoroughly rewatching this again. This for me, this is the first time uh, since Robin Williams passed that I've been able to go back and watch this movie. It's not easy for me to go back and watch a lot of his movies because of the connection that he holds to my heart uh, as a kid, as an adult. I mean, he was such an impactful human being. And so uh, it was difficult to watch this, but like, you know, really good because he can give you and throughout his entire career can give you the childness wonder and excitement but also be able to deliver the seriousness whenever you need to and be believable in those transitions and and he does a really good job of acting in this movie and not just being a runaround kind of crazy buffoon like you see him in the in in it as a kid he is doing a really good job of acting in this movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I mean, um, it was apparently one of those I was doing some reading about the movie it was a big concern from the director was that, you know, Williams was known for being really improvisational and he was worried that he wasn't going to be able to keep Williams on script and it was going to make it difficult on set and difficult in editing. But Williams, after some, you know, some rewrites of the initial script, he took it really seriously. And this might be one of his earlier, I'm not going to say his first, one of his earlier uh, examples of him not really bringing the Robin Williams shtick to the character, but playing it more serious, you know, playing it more like, uh, you know, uh, a straight lace. Sure. There's some, you know, there's some good Williams esque uh, zingers that do sneak their way in there, but, um, but it's not, you know, he does Williams himself doesn't treat it like it's a vehicle for him. You know, it's a, it's just a fun concept and a good movie for, it's a good family film. But yeah, likewise, I also watched this movie on repeat as a kid. I remember watching this a lot at my grandparents' house with my cousins. And uh, it was it was one of those movies that just had that real sense of adventure for me as a kid. Like it just felt so like even though it was kind of it was very scary uh, in a lot of ways for a for a five, six, seven year old kid because um, the big wasps, they were terrifying the lions and stuff. Um and uh, but at the same time, it just felt like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, anything could happen. Anything could, you know, what's going to happen next? The stampede scene always got me going crazy as a kid because, like, the books all shifting off the thing. I was like, oh, man, that'd be so cool to, like, run, you know, and all that. Yeah. What are, what are anyway. some of our favorite uh, game traps that come to life? Do you guys have any? Well... <laughs> I have some that stick with me uh, really strongly. The Van Pelt, the hunter, used Mm -hmm. to scare me as a kid. He's too intense, Mm -hmm. uh, and he has a big gun, and it's scary. And the... um, Which also has weird context now. (laughs) Definitely. Sure, yeah, sure. His whole arc in the movie has some very different (laughs) context in 2023 versus 95. The... Floored turning into quicksand also scared me. Yeah. One of the few, mo- one of those big moments of 90s quicksand um, mm-hmm. scares that we had. <laughs> no one talks about quicksand anymore. No, quicksand is never used anymore. We got a rare quicksand moment it. in 65 recently. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, go listen to that review. <laughs> yes. Or, yeah, do that instead of watching it. Yes. Uh, those are a couple of mine. Um, I agree. The uh, spiders as a kid terrified me. The when Ooh. they when they show up. One of my favorites though is not because of its initial appearance, but because of how it tops off a long running gag throughout the film. That is the killer plants that emerge mm. um, because they take over the house, or they take over the living room, then they take over the house, then they get out into the wild, right? And I just love the moment because David Allen Greer's car has been getting crapped on all movie just beat to heck monkey stealing it crashing it things falling through the windows it's shot at got bullet holes door gets ripped off so he goes through all this and he gets out of the car to help uh help you know the kid's aunt and what happens the vine it it sithers out grabs hold of his car 
folds it in half like a like a piece of paper and just rips it into the jungle. And David Allen Greer's stunned look on his face, followed by him just going, <laughs> fine, take it. Just I, as a kid, it was the height of, of, of hilarity. I was like, this is it. Society has peaked in this moment. Like David Allen Greer. David Allen Greer gave a fantastic comedic performance in this movie. He is honestly one of my favorites. I grew up watching him on In Living Color and, uh, you know, his various movie career. And he had a show on uh, Comedy Central that was short lived for a little <laughs> while. So, like, I've, I've watched a lot of stuff that he's done. And he is just I mean, this is one of his uh, really just pinpoint performances where he is where wherever he is he really just shines and steals the show and yeah that moment where the car like it that that whole car the fact that it survived that movie and everything that it went through <laughs> busting through the store mm -hmm. and being able to survive the monkeys stealing it and shooting a, the gun through the top of it i mean every time that that car went through something it was hilarious to see him be able to still just like truck it along just barely yeah. until until it was no more that was that's great bit great bit what about you oh, uh, what about you did you have any other specific favorite uh favorite no. uh, conjurings no not really you guys covered the most of them again the stampede is also a great one um based on you know the rumbling of the books and and in general, honestly, I was a little surprised by the effects that they had. They didn't look that great. Um, but I honestly thought that uh, the initial one of Alan getting sucked into the game held up mm -hmm. pretty well. I thought that was uh, pretty well done. Um, mm -hmm. But overall, no. I mean, I didn't. outside of the ones that you guys mentioned, the, no other ones really stand out to me. Definitely. Yeah, I, you know, Go ahead, I Josh. love that pokey little rhino, though. Yeah. At the end of the stampede. I was going to yeah. say another... Um, aspect of the game that scared me a lot as a kid was when he cheats and he turns into a wolf oh yeah a werewolf um a monkey that Were or a monkey or is it a monkey yeah he's like a little yeah, were -monkey. A monkey he he's some kind of scary yeah uh and that bothered me and, and that's another thing i noticed as a difference watching it as a kid i remember being like no you dummy why did you cheat now you're a monkey. This is so bad. You've screwed everything up. And now I watch it and I thought he did what he had to do. Yeah, he was strong. <laughs> and I'm sad. Yeah, now I'm good. sad about the other things mm -hmm. that I wasn't. And now I, yeah, I'd have cheated too. That freaking yeah. magic game. Yeah, I felt very scared as a kid when he transformed, started transforming into a monkey. It was very. It was. Um, what do they call it? It's body horror. You know. Uh, he's just like his fingers are all hairy all of a sudden. He's growing a tail, his face all deformed. You know what terrified me as a kid as well um, was when he goes, the the board game is in a car and he goes to get the car and an elephant crushes the car around him. That gave mm -hmm. me claustrophobia like no to, to no end as a kid. And yet I watched it over and over. I loved the I whole movie. I also really enjoyed uh, Kirsten Dunst's performance. Uh, she's great in this movie um mm -hmm. i didn't really i mean you know again i haven't really watched this movie since i was a kid and i remember her talking about her parents death but her running like over the top tragic story of how her parents died uh really struck me this time in particular because mm -hmm. i don't think i've really ever picked up on that because again as a kid i knew that she was kidding but i never really processed what she was saying and then how her aunt comes in at the back to be like they were devoted parents and they loved her. Mm -hmm. uh, that contrast I found really strikingly funny. And then when um, Alan Parrish came back and she was starting to make up a story about her dead parents again. And then uh, her brother was like, no. And, <laughs> you know what I love um, is um, Peter is played by Bradley Pierce. Who's also in hook. He's one of the lost boys in hook. So I liked, I, I remember as a kid recognizing him and thinking about, I loved the idea that this kid got to be with Rob, act with Robin Williams twice. Um, I'm not sure which technically comes first. I think Hook came before Jumanji, but. Hook did. I was, I was looking to see where this fit in Robin Williams work. And mm -hmm. yeah, Hook was a few years earlier. Uh, that is interesting though. I did not know that they had, there was a little Hook crossover going on there. Mm -hmm. No, that's cool. Very interesting. Um, um did you oh, know yeah. that there are some alternate histories where a few other actors 
who are first considered to be in this movie. I heard this as well. And then I, I don't remember who it was. Somebody was like, we demand Robin Williams, but who yeah, are so the other actors involved? The TriStar demanded Robin Williams mm-hmm. or they wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And then Robin Williams read the script and said, this sucks. <laughs> I will not do it unless you rewrite it. So they rewrote it and then he said, okay, it's better. But the first choice was Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Now that would have worked. Tom Hanks probably would have worked. I, I don't think disagree. 1995 Tom Hanks could have worked. Tom Hanks turned it down because he was filming Apollo 13. Uh, right. So that was not a bad choice on his, on his no. part. No. Uh, really. And then uh, Judy um, was auditioned for by Scarlett Johansson. Oh, for Kristen Dunst's character, Julie? For yeah. Kristen Dunst's okay. character, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. that would have worked. That adds up. And, and Sarah was, was almost Kirstie Alley. See, now Tom Hanks and Kirstie Alley, that might have worked. That you know? could have worked. That might have worked. Mid, mid-90s, that could have worked. No problem with that. Uh, was that but, before or after that one movie they had together? They had a movie together in the 90s. I don't remember oh, when oh, that came you out. You guys, I'll look and see. Hmm. There was all there's uh, Wikipedia also has a very long list of other actors who were considered for Alan Parrish, but it's so long that I don't think I believe it. It's, that, <laughs> it's like honestly, Dan it's just, Aykroyd, Bruce Willis, Michael yeah. Keaton, Chevy Chase, Sean Penn. Like, no, <laughs> every man over 30 was considered for the role of Alan Parrish. That's what it sounds like. Um, but, you know, they did. It does. It does indicate that Tom Hanks was first choice. I was thinking Maybe, uh, yeah. Tom Hanks and or I'm sorry. I was thinking of Tim Allen and Kirstie Allen. Oh, no, no. was that for richer or poorer? Or was that the richer or poorer? Oh, what? A, what a, the fact that I could pull that out is <laughs> is upsetting to me. That was uh, impressive. You're I really familiar. You said a Tim Allen. You're really familiar with Tim Allen's filmography. Well, you know, he was a a, a touch point of the '90s. We are saving him for. Uh, eventually, we will be doing September Allenber, <laughs> and uh, we'll get the, we'll get around to that. Tim Allenber. Yeah. September. I don't hate it. Brackets, Alan. No. Oh, God. We're I don't hate it. All three of his biggest hits. All the three. Well, yeah, I was going to say, we've already done the Santa Claus. We already did so the Santa Claus. So we ain't doing it again. And the Toy Story stories. Once you eliminate the Santa Claus franchise, for richer or poorer, <laughs> the Galaxy and Quest. Jungle to Jungle. We did that too, didn't we? No, we haven't no, done. Oh, that's right. We did the Brendan Fraser version. Despite having a two in its title, it's not a sequel. Oh my gosh! Um, wow. Yeah. So there were there were there you go. There's some other multiverses out there where we're, we're talking about the Tom Hanks version of this movie. Tom Hanks would have worked, but I do really think that Robin Williams. This was one of those movies as a kid that, like, Robin Williams was a very comforting presence very in comforting. any film. You but know? it's great because when you look at again, where you look at this, where this came out in 1995. Robin Williams didn't need Jumanji. Like, if he didn't do it, he'd have still been the same. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he had so many other big hits during this period of time. Yes. So, Legacy well cemented by 95. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, 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 it tries to the game. game more. Would you I guys have kept playing the game? Kept playing the game? If you saw somebody get sucked into a board game, would you keep playing or would you run away too? Because I don't, I genuinely don't know. I don't have an answer. Well, you know, I tell you, as a child, I probably would have run away. But I was thinking, as an adult watching this, like, I would have at least, like, read the next thing first, maybe. Like, I don't think I would have run without even trying to think about it. Well, you know, those bats came on her real fast. Bats are scary. Bats bats scared her out of the house. And so I can, I can can roll with that. To never go back, to never, you know, she just like, uh, she called the cops, you know, which is probably the best move to do. And they told her, yeah, this girl, girl's lost her mind. But um, yeah, the, um, would I keep playing? I don't, I don't know, maybe, but yeah, I would be pretty freaked out if, if we, you and I, if, if I was whatever they were, 10, 12 years old, and somebody gets sucked into a board game, you'd be like, F this board game, I'm out of here before I get sucked into, sucked in here. Um, what about you, Garrett? You gonna you gonna you gonna roll again? I don't know. I have no idea. I genuinely don't. Um, you know, once I get back as an adult, um, I think the <clears throat> resistance of playing is a little silly because you know you have to finish. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so I get the fear that they have, but like the faster you roll through that game, because realistically, if you can survive and you can just roll, everybody just roll real mm-hmm. fast, you might be able to get through it relatively quickly. It, yeah. The, the game itself is just rolling. Yeah. The, the, so, the, 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 the sort of conceit of the movie is that after each one, there's a little message that they then read and then they have, they have like react to whatever's happening around them. But yeah, essentially if they just, you roll now you roll and you know, if they, if they have to wait for the message, fine. But as soon as the message reads roll again, you know, like let's get through, it's not that many spaces. They could get through it with like six good rolls. Yeah. But uh, you know, constantly being harangued by these crazy animals, you know, uh, know. and plants. So uh, it's, <laughs> but it does seem like if you knew going in what you needed to do, you could probably get through it pretty quick and avoid some harm. What's crazy to me is that this is a time travel movie as well. Um, this is the second movie this year we reviewed in which somebody travels from 19, from the 1960s to 1995, only to find it, you know, pre-dystopian. Um, and that's pretty funny to me is that the, 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 in the 90s, we had such a perception of the 90s as being basically a pre-dystopia with graffiti everywhere uh, and trash and old businesses going out of going out, you know, uh, and things like that. Kids no longer had respect for anybody. They're sarcastic to their parents. Now all that it was, um, it's quite a trip between this and blast from the past, but, uh, yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, I, it made me want to like, uh, try to create a list of movies that presented the nineties in this somewhat like, things are getting bad times i I immediately thought of like casper but i couldn't remember any scenes outside of the house in casper um which like like you seeing the town or anything like that so i couldn't remember if that was the case but i feel like a lot of 90s movies it was like graffiti and grunge and kids have no respect anymore and all that kind of stuff especially especially kid movies i think it's the whole grunge movement Mm kind of and you know there was that there was a lot of reaction i think we've talked about this in mortal kombat to how violence is portrayed and it was all about the children and everything's bad. Yes. You know, so anything, any alternate reality that has to be bad must be graffitied. And you must, and you got to remember that the, the directors who were making movies in the nineties had nostalgia for when they were kids, which would have been the fifties and sixties. So, you know, obviously uh, they were better times when kids could ride their bikes and get beat up by four other kids. Right. Uh, Have either of you seen, um, Zathura. The I have seen Zathura. I've no. never seen it. I never saw I'm it. very never saw intrigued. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It is uh, it is a lot like Jumanji, um, but with a more of like a sci-fi kick, right? And that's what, that's what I've gathered for a long time. I referred to the um, the lead actor because he was cropping up in other things. Josh Hutcherson. I would call. Mm-hmm. I just called him Zathura kid. For the longest time, like he was showing up in the Hunger Games, I'm like, oh, they got Zathura kid in this. This is gonna be great. Um, and uh, and I, what's happened to Josh Hutcherson? I haven't seen him in anything in a little while. But um, I'm. But yeah, Zathura, it's fun. I'll have to watch it. Maybe we maybe we have to do a we'll do a so many spinoffs <laughs> spinoff someday. Yes, yeah, so, so many indirect we can, sequels. We can talk about that. It, it's directed <laughs> by John Favreau, so I assume you know he's good. He's good. Hmm. He's very it's, good. Now it's also it, got uh, Dax yeah. Shepard and Kristen Stewart in it. It's know? one of Dax Shepard's best performances. Well, there's a long list. I, I know. I know. I say that with all sincerity. Right. <laughs> uh, well, any other notes? Did either to talk of you about? play the game growing up? No, I, I, I wanted to. Did you have the game? Did you buy the game? Did you play the game? Some, some... Yes. And, and, and here's the problem. Monkeys don't come. You're gonna out say it, what so. I'm gonna say. I think, and I may agree with you. Well, my that's my thing is it no, literally nothing can live up to the magic of Jumanji, so it's just kind of a disappointment at the end of the day. Was how it was for me. I was like, ah, the decoder is kind of interesting. Although Garrett probably couldn't read it, or could you? <laughs> you couldn't. Um, <laughs> it was difficult because, yeah. So if you it, it, obviously the game not real. And so you had cards and the cards had like a little squiggly thing and you had to put it under the thing in order to read the message. Once I got yeah. it through the thing, I, I could. But yeah, that whole squiggly thing was like, oh, what is happening here? It I also, re- I remember thinking like they couldn't even make it look like the board game from the movie. 
I remember being a little let down by that. Um, yeah, it just didn't even look like it. Yeah, yeah I, I would um, be very. They should re-release it. They yeah. should. I think they have some new versions of it, but they should update it with some like digital stuff. Maybe they have. It's been a while. I would be interested to play it again just to see. But yeah, there's got to be some kind of. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Maybe there's some kind of. Uh, consequence thing that they enact that i just can't remember if you draw cards and bad things happen or is it just here's what happened okay now move on i can't remember yeah i feel like a kid brought it to brought it to school one time like uh like a show and tell or something like that and we tried to play it but like we couldn't like it it just wasn't it just wasn't fun so we just kind of like we played it for a few minutes, and then like I was, before long, I was the only one playing it. I was like, okay, well, like, yes, we're done. Yeah, everybody'd rather yeah, play with Power think, Ranger toys. I think that's definitely an issue with the with the board game. Um, this obviously inspired the two sequels. We haven't talked about them, but we can kind of talk about them real quick before we get into the uh, review and the money of this movie. But mm-hmm. uh, inspired two sequels with Kevin Hart, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Karen mm-hmm. Gillan. And uh, Jack Black. And I want to talk uh, about him honestly, so bad someday. I know we 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 really need to because honestly, they are so funny on on their own. Uh, each one, uh, honestly, I think the second one is better than the first one. It's funnier, um, but they both do a really good job of setting up their That's own thing and also giving some uh, a nice nod to the original without. Mm-hmm trying to play it it was like you know we're doing our own thing we acknowledge the original one and here's a nice way that we're doing it and i really liked what they did have done and i honestly hope they do another one i do find them entertaining uh yeah we should definitely uh you know we will check them out someday i'll I'll make that promise now um uh, we'll find a we'll find a month where we need two weeks filled out and we will we'll fill in with jumanji july the second one Um, the second one gets so mind-bending on what exactly you're watching because yeah, so funny. the whole concept care. is that you're watching characters, right? Be transposed into new bodies. So you're watching those performances. Then from there, different characters get transposed into the same bodies who then switch bodies throughout the movie. So you're like, this character has gone through an arc in three different people's bodies by the end of the movie. It's insane how they manage to keep any level of consistency with it. Aquafina picking up right where Danny DeVito left off. You know what I mean? So anyway, we'll we'll get into that another day. But yeah, they got really, really interesting with um with the the Jumanji spiritual sequels, you know, or indirect sequels, whatever you want to call them. Um as for this one, you know, I as a kid wanted desperately for there to be another Jumanji. Um, because it just seemed like it seemed like a movie that you could you could have done another Jumanji and had Tom Hanks, you know what I mean? Or whoever you wanted, because they send they get rid of the board game. <clears throat> oh, something about this movie. I have I, I don't remember the last time I watched it. I have zero memory of this of the little cold open with two kids in the 1860s burying the board game. I have zero memory of that. I need a prequel. And it added so I was like, that Give is. Give me really an 1860s cool. Salem witch trials. <laughs> Um, is that even the, that's not the right no, time. Like, the Salem witch trials were hundreds of years <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Honestly, I think that that could be a great way to take this franchise in like a different branch direction, but it be like a horror franchise because clearly this game has got some history that mm-hmm. is cursed mm-hmm. and and witchy and yeah. evil. And some, I would really like to right. see the origin. And you know what? And I think you could tell that in a fun kind a, of horror a, movie, a sort of family friendly horror film horror flick you know kind of like what uh, those new goosebumps movies tried to do where they're a little scary for kids but not too scary that you know your kids are gonna be traumatized that's what this was you know this first jumanji it was a little scary if you were five but also really exciting but also yeah nothing else is scary to me there's no blood there's no that i remember there's not a lot of blood there's uh he, he does get his lip cut open you know there's no foul language or anything like that so as a kid it's a perfectly watchable movie while still being quite scary at times and all they had is animals you know uh some of them quite fictitious animals i never seen mosquitoes that big um but anyway yeah it was uh you could do any you could you could just the board game just keeps popping up and new people get dragged into it and you could have well, new, new sequels established that the game can morph 
Yes. Uh, like it changes into a video, like a, that, that's kind of what I love about how long they w- waited before a new one came out mm-hmm. was it, they waited long enough for a cartridge video game to feel retro. Mm-hmm. Um, so it felt old, but still updated from the board game. So yeah. What versions of a game could they make from, you know, oh. the 1800s or 1700s? Maybe it turns into just a purely card game or something. I was going to say a D and D style game. Ooh, D and D Jumanji. Tabletop role play. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you get sucked into the tiny board and you can look up and you, mom, help us. That would be fun. Can't see you. Um, and then what were the other kind of games we, we, we did this month? We did board games. We did video games. We did tabletop games anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and when, you know, I, I don't know if they're done with these Jumanji remakes with Dwayne and Kevin and Jack and Karen, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. And Joe, and Nick Jonas. I never heard. I'm, I'm down for more. I'm down for more. They haven't soured me yet. Yeah. My, I mean, it's typical that these things would, they would agree to a trilogy typically. Um, and they were both very successful, so I don't see why they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But I think what was the last one? Was it pre-pandemic? The last one? Yeah, twenty seventeen. I think. No. Twenty nineteen. So yeah. Twenty nineteen. So yeah. So barely pre-pandemic. So you know, it's had. There's been a. There's been time. We've recovered. Yeah, let them welcome us back to the theater so we can watch their the Jumanji three. I'll tell you what, though, guys, this watching this movie gave me super nostalgia for this time period. Um, I wanted to watch all kinds of mid 90s movies after finishing it. Well, how did this movie do in the mid 90s? Did it make money? It did make quite a chunk of money. And we'll uh, I'll get into that before I do. I do want to say there is another Jumanji. There you go. In the works. Breaking news. In the works. Um, I was depressingly old. When I figured out that uh, the the hunter and the dad were played by the same actor, um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh, Jonathan Hyde gives a great performance and great performance, great performance, so hateable, it's so, so hateable. oh yeah, you're just so you mad, so mad at him, and then when he and his son I make hate up, him, I hate him. Oh, but I he's love when bad. he's a bad. I tell you man. what, I'm watching it now though, and I'm like, oh, poor dad. You know, at the end, not at the beginning when he's being a jerk, because at first I was like, there's five kids out there. You tell your son go man up and fight five kids. Yeah, much. he was a jerk in the beginning, for jerk. sure. But you know what? He apologizes, and you know what? They end up having a great relationship. He called him on Christmas. It was great. Anyway, uh, so Jumanji debuted. You know what? It makes it really appropriate for the ending of this movie. Debuted the weekend of December 15th, 1995. It was a Christmas movie and a uh, mm. Christmas time movie. Christmas um, time. Yeah, yeah, the other Jumanjis are as well. They kept with that tradition. Yeah, coming out in the in the December months. Um, now this isn't going to be a high debut here, but it debuted the number one spot with eleven million dollars, knocking Toy Story out of its perch that had been in for three weeks to that point. Um, wow. Toy Story came in number two with ten point nine. Heat, starring Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, uh, came in. And I was going to do a quote from Heat, but I, I, could, I was going to mess it up. Uh, a for what barbecues and ball games, that kind of thing. You know, anyway, 8.4 million for heat. Uh, Father of the Bride Part Two came in at number four with 7.2. And at number five, Sabrina brought in 5.5. Uh, Jumanji ended up, would go on to have a, a really good run with 100 million domestically, 162 million overseas for a worldwide total of 262.8. It is astounding that they didn't green light a, a sequel in the 90s now maybe that's because there was no sequel to the book and so they thought maybe they could pull off pull it off with the, with the zathura being a spiritual sequel of sorts but uh but yeah 100 million dollars is great for 1995 um it would end up being the number seven movie of the year in the united states number one movie of 1995 was toy story it's brought in 191 million batman forever finished in the number two spot Apollo 13 so Tom Hanks made the right choice there. And at number four, Disney's Pocahontas, their third, Disney's third best film of 1995, uh, in my opinion. And at number five, uh, you guys will remember this one. It's Ace Ventura When Nature Calls. <laughs> total. Damn. Total. We have done three, uh, excuse me, four movies from 1995. We did Toy Story. We did Ace Ventura. We also reviewed um, The American President. 
Oh yeah, election special. <laughs> the election night special. Go listen to the American President. <laughs> I enjoyed that movie. I did too, honestly, and it's it a was really, very nice. It was a good yes. movie. It's yeah, a good it review a from us too. I thought. I thought we had a yeah. good conversation about yeah, that. It was a good conversation. And then, uh, and then also, uh, Mortal Kombat 1995. We've also done a we review for Kombat for 95. Dang. Good so good good run for 1995 with us but uh uh that's it so yeah jumanji the number seven movie of the year with 100 million domestic 262 worldwide i will throw it to the letterbox game all right well we've got some reviews from letterbox here these are pretty thoughtful reviews i thought some of them are humorous still but fairly thoughtful um the most popular one says four stars the part where Alan asks if his parents are still around and the guy is like, yeah, I see them now and then they're over on Adam Street and then he goes to Adam Street and it's a cemetery and they're dead. I would have gone back and punched that guy in the face. <laughs> no, that homeless guy living in the old shoe factory. Uh, three and a half stars. Jumanji is a children's version of a horror movie in every sense of the word. And even more surprising than that, it's actually got a strong emotional core anchored by Robin Williams' terrific performance. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, four stars. All the stars for Robin Williams and practical effects. Points deducted for embarrassing CGI monkeys. <laughs> they were not. And finally, they did not age well at all. No. Four stars. Is Jumanji supposed to be a kids' movie? Because if I'm eight years old seeing this for the first time, I'd be freaking out. That alligator scene alone is straight out of Lake Placid. It was that yes. scary. It was terrifying. As as people who were five years old when this movie came out, it yeah. was terrifying. It was uh, so terrifying, yes. but cool. You know, <laughs> terrifying but cool. Yes. Who who dares utter first? Three point seven. Three point seven. Okay, we got a three point seven. That's a tough call. That's a good one. I feel like that's a very strong guess, and I'm mad about it. (laughs) You because you're daring us to go up into four territory. I am. I don't think it's there, but I want it to be. I don't either, but how low is the question? <laughs> yeah. You want me to go next? I don't care. I mean, we could just blurt it. 3.3. 3. Okay. Well, I'm. I, I, this was my, I was already planning on doing this, but I'm going to say 3.4. Okay. So we had 3.7, three, 3.4, three, and 3.3. Three. Yeah. We do have a winner. Not a direct hit, but we have a winner. This okay. movie. Well, we always have a winner. No, well, eventually, but you yeah, know, sometimes, sometimes we have a tie. Break it. Uh, with 296,000 ratings, this movie is coming out to a 3.6, which means that Garrett is off by point one, making him the winner this week. All right. What do you think? 3.6. We like that. Great. Congratulations, by the way, Garrett. I, you know, I do like that, actually. I think that's pretty I think it's a pretty good score. I'm not surprised. I think I can live with that. I, I do too. Um, if you have looked it up, way better than the Rotten Tomato score for this movie, which is I think fifty-two percent. Disappointing, yeah. yeah. Rotten and, uh, is disappointing. Even the audience score is I think like sixty something percent. But um, it's uh, yeah, three point six. I think I'm I'm good with that. I think I would also, you know, I think. Hang on. I think in the past I've rated this a four point five, so I, I might stick with that. I think I'm uh, for today. I'm going to say a four. I'm going to say four stars for you it's a four for me as well that's exactly how i put it on letterboxd wow i'm gonna i'm gonna, i'm surprised because here's the deal if i gave my my this is what i've been thinking and I've, I've struggled with this because last week i gave a very enthusiastic 4.5 for uh ready player one that's and right. i yes, yes. and i agree by my excitement by that movie mm. but i can't sit here idly and say that Ready Player One is a better movie than Jumanji. So in that spirit, this is a five-star movie for me. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm honestly a little surprised too. Wow. I'm honestly a little surprised too, but like the way that this movie really held up for me, and I'm, I won't deny there's a lot of nostalgia in there, but the way that this movie held up, not only as like what I expected to just be a fun action adventure kid movie, but like the actual storytelling and, and especially the story between between the father and the son um and and the and the and the difficulty of the relationship with that and the difficulty of actual father-son relationships because of how that particular relationship is usually stereotyped especially during this time period 
I think it's really, really well done. And I think mm-hmm. it's a really good story that people should watch for that particular messaging if you can get past the super fun and exciting aspects of it as well. So again, I can't sit here and say that this movie's not deserving of a five stars if I gave Ready Player One a four and a half. So you know, I truly do okay. believe sometimes okay. you have you give the movie a score based on how, if it succeeds at what it's meant to be. And if mm-hmm. if the intention of this movie is to be a exciting, thrilling, scary movie for kids, it excels at every level of that. So it's five stars, and I agree with that. But I'm a, but I'm going to give it a four. <laughs> based on my based on my, my current. so garrett that actually puts you alone in second place um right now it's me with seven garrett with five josh with four and uh andrew with two the uh guests and a one. guest and a guest with one arch right now with one but we're gonna i'm gonna go pile all of our guests throughout the season they'll they'll have a collective score yeah we got a we got a couple spoilers in the mix there Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is officially the end of um, Game Night Month. <laughs> we should have come up with a better name. It was, it was well, weird. you know, by the we time tried. we got to the end, with the, it's too late. It's too late. Uh, well, could have called it April. Yeah, but Game Night Month is at least you know a what specific it means. theme. You know what it means. You yeah. know what it means. You don't know what April means. April, yeah. This month is yeah. May. We don't have a theme for May, I don't think. No, not since Matrix. Um, have we had a theme we did matrix already though did we call it that i'm pretty sure we called it matrix yeah oh, i don't remember it that way but or matrix did. may anyway we don't have a theme for may but we do have a whole month of new episodes for you uh including some new movies that we're really excited about so be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app so that you get those when they come out um you can also go to so many sequels.com and find links to subscribe to us there and our social media. <laughs> He's so excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> live, live, live web. There you know. go. I'm leaving. Recording to tape. We're recording this to a live. Yeah, live to tape, as they say. Um, so anyway, so many sequels.com. You can find links to our social media channels and our where we're at on other apps and uh, our back catalog of all our other episodes. You can find all that there. Uh, so be sure to subscribe and follow us uh, on all those places. We'll see you all next time. Bye.